1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power
0: to do? Mobile
1: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins.
1: It's been a bit since the last time we got together, but we are back. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles back on the podcast menu for you. And, of course, we are brought to you by our friends at Cuban Rounds, a handcrafted, all-natural, and affordably priced cigar that is Havana-inspired. Greg, let's start with the quarterbacks. First of all, the biggest story of the week was, of course, Cam's absence. What would you make of it?
0: Well, um... (laughs) Well, I mean, it was it was unfortunate for Cam. It was unfortunate for the team. Um, I put the blame squarely on Cam and we'll sort of talk about that a little bit more in the member question. But I think, um, you know, anytime anything goes on with a player, whether it's testing positive for what have you, COVID, whatever, it's the player's responsibility. I thought that the Patriots covered for Cam Newton in their statement. Uh, I don't think that it was a hundred percent factual. Um, And uh, you know, he left a bit of a door door open for Mac Jones. And I thought Mac Jones walked into it this week. I thought he did everything he needed to do in the three practice days that Cam was gone. Um, And then once Cam came back, it seemed like he got his job back. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, But uh you know, look, Cam Cam made his choice uh to not get vaccinated, which we can see. I don't think Jared Stidham is vaccinated either. He's always wearing a mask. Uh, I never see Hoyer and um Mac Jones with a mask. Uh I could be wrong about Hoyer because I know there were some rumors about him, but um they made those choices. And look, you can make whatever choice you want, but there are consequences to those choices. Yep. And um I thought that uh, Cam Newton should have been at least publicly punished a little bit more for what went on. And he wasn't. And that's Bill Belichick's decision. And now we got to see where they go from there. I agree with you. Consequences right to your decisions. John Rahm, a couple of months ago, the golfer,
1: Mm -hmm. he was pulled out on a Saturday at the end of that day during a tournament. He was leading by multiple (laughs) strokes. Yeah, multiple strokes. And he pretty much lost his chance at winning $1.7 million by winning that tournament. And, hey, listen, that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. I mean, if if you make the decision, it's your right to make whatever decision you want to make. This is not a personal opinion about COVID or vaccinations. Mm -hmm. If you are unvaxxed, there are consequences. And we've seen it across the NFL already. We saw it in Minnesota when the entire quarterback room had to take five days off and Mike Zimmer blew his top. So there are certain things going on in the league you got to pay for the consequences, and Cam, I guess, did that by missing the first three days this week. With that said, you mentioned quickly that you thought Mac walked through that door. To you, Greg, did he make the absolute most out of this opportunity he was handed?
0: I wouldn't say the absolute most. Uh, I would say the uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, he didn't wow me at all. I mean, there were certainly plays and – Certain things that he did in running the team that impressed me. Uh, I don't think he really uh, emphatically made a statement until Wednesday against the Giants in that first practice, where he completed like over eighty percent of his passes. Um, I didn't know what to make of it uh, in the immediate aftermath of the pa- of the practice. Um, you know, just to give people sort of inside look at how I do things. Uh, there are some practices that I watch that I just say I, I understand what I saw and I have a f- pretty good belief that, you know, what I thought is accurate to what's going on in the field, what's going on with the team. Right. There are other practices that I watch where I'm just like, well, I think this, but – and so, you know, I put feelers out to my sources, you know, in and around the Patriots to sort of see, you know, did I see things the right way? And after Wednesday's practice, which was a significant practice, um, my immediate aftermath was in, in people, you know, saw what I tweeted. And uh, I tweeted that, you know, Mac Jones had a really good day, uh, that I wasn't sure where I was ready to crown him yet, um, but that he was really impressive. And then a little bit later on, I wrote strongly that I thought, Mac Jones had won the job that Bill Belichick should not give Cam Newton his job back. You know, in between those two things, I, I checked with people around the team to see if Mac really was as impressive as it looked. And the feedback that I got was yes. And so uh, they know a lot better than I do. And so um, sometimes my reporting reflects that. I mean, I will say Nick, that In hindsight, now now that we had the second practice yesterday with the Eagles, and both quarterbacks were somewhat up and down, they both got an 11-11 drive, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit deeper, but um, my my gut instinct after the first practice was to be like, I don't know, that seemed kind of easy, and like I don't know if the Giants just they suck or what the deal is, or were they playing really conservative because I got feedback from the Eagles practices that – the Patriots were really vanilla on offense, and so don't read in too much of their offensive struggles at those practices. And right. Same with the defense. Yeah. And so, you know, Mac carved through the Giants. I mean, it was easy. And look, he he makes it look easy at times. But that easy against an NFL defense, my gut was like, I don't know, something's off. You know, people are telling me that it was legit. But then they go out there yesterday. The Giants were embarrassed the first day. And they basically acknowledged it. And then they came out yesterday and they had a lot of pressure packages. They had a lot of different looks. They, that was more, that was more of an NFL game type situation for me, those drives. And certainly against Mac. I think that the giants, maybe they, they relaxed a little bit against Newton because he wasn't out there, but those guys on the giants, they heard it from their media. They heard it probably from their friends. Jeez, Mac Jones really carved you up (laughs) and they came out and they were, they were hopping yesterday when Mac Jones was on the field and they were making plays. Logan Ryan picked him off. It was two consecutive plays where Mac Jones really made poor, lazy throws in my opinion. But then he sort of he, – he he adjusted. He rebounded. And then I think he finished the, the drive really well. But I, I think that Mac Jones in totality, in the three days that Cam Newton was gone, I thought that he made – a very strong case to be the Patriots starter that if Bill Belichick had any, any questions about, well, you know, yeah, Max doing this, but cams here and you know, all the ducks in a row, how does it look where it's just Mac where it's just Mac and Brian Hoyer after Wednesday, I don't know how Belichick could leave and be like, well, I'm not sure if the kid can do it. Yeah. I, I just don't know, Nick. I don't know how he says, I don't know how he comes away and says that. And I, and I don't think, no matter what happened yesterday, I don't think this is over yet.
1: You know, when I look at Mac,
0: I'm getting all emotional and choked up here.
1: When I, <laughs> when I look at Mac, the simple thing is that he shows progression, and that's what I really like about yeah. it, right? You go back a few weeks ago, and he had his worst practice, and everybody was like, oh, well, there was the rookie popping up, showing us he's still a rookie. You know, it's, it's still really early. How's he going to respond? Next couple of practices right after that, he responded and played much better. Then you start to look at how he does it through you know the preseason games and how you know even against the Eagles, the first pass should have been picked, but then all of a sudden he yep. just go on a roll and then mm-hmm. this week, when Cam's out, Monday, not very good uh against the number one Pats defense, maybe that was you know we should give some credit to that defense as well. Mm-hmm. but on Monday, not a great start, and people are going, uh oh here we go, you know Cam's out. Everything's on Mac. First time he has a chance, he's not very good. And then Tuesday, he gets better. And then Wednesday, he gets even better than that. What I love about it is that when it seems like he has a tough time, and you just mentioned about this yesterday, not a great start for him again. It was a really Mm -hmm. sloppy, like, 20-play drive and four drops and a a penalty. It was really, really sloppy, right? And it didn't look good. But what happened? He, again, was able to kind of breathe deep, I don't know, meditate Phil Jackson style. Maybe he found a Zen moment and then he's able Mm -hmm. to correct what he does wrong. And I think that's what is getting me excited about him is the ability to understand that, okay, I wasn't as good as I should have been there. This is what I messed up on. This is how I can correct it. And Greg, you know this, like Belichick looks at it and says, okay, if you mess up once, if you're a young guy, do you learn from that mistake? And do you show me and prove to me that you have been able to figure it out and you're better the next time and I think that's what Mac's done this entire camp
0: I I agree with you Nick I think that that's one of the most impressive things about Mac is how um you know he constantly and I and I I started yesterday I think I'm just gonna start refer, uh, referring to him as the Mac supercomputer because it's just like I like that. the more data the more data you feed into it, like the better he gets, you know, it's like the early days of like big blue IBM, like, you know, the data, shoving (laughs) the data in there. And like, it gets better at chess, like every move. Like that's, that's the way I've seen Mac throughout this camp is that, you know, you know, he'll take a couple steps back. But I thought yesterday, like he started off really crappy. Like you said, you know, a couple of uh, a late pass, an interception where Logan a veteran defensive back, it was a really nice play by Logan and the giants, you know, now thinking back on it, they almost sort of baited him into it. And, uh, and so Mac was just basically like, okay, you got me, but then he adjusted. And here's the other thing, Nick, that, that has really blown my mind during this camp. Cause you know, what did we hear about during the pre-draft process and after the Patriots drafted them? It's always, they always, the, the, the fault for that, The Mac haters is, well, he played at Alabama with Jalen Waddle and all these guys. It was easy. He was throwing open, like, you know. But there were certain analysts, whether it's Chris Sims or Lovsky, who both, you know, they know what they're talking about, and they watched it, and they just say, look at this accuracy. That's the thing with Mac, Nick, is, like, his accuracy is unbelievable. For a kid who's had, like, two dozen practices in the NFL – he puts the ball in the perfect place almost every time. And, like, if he's inaccurate, it's off by, like, six inches to a foot where it's like, all right, the receiver got one hand on it instead of two. Like, you know, and a play that stood out was, I think, on this on Tuesday when when Cam wasn't there, they were doing, I think, 11-on-11 red zone or something like that. And Jonu Smith came on this little – Seam pass. He was in the right slot or in line on the right side of the line. And he comes off and he does a little, you know, a little slant. And you know, Mac looked off the safety and but Adrian Phillips didn't really take the bait. And so he was still there on the inside of Johnny Smith. And Matt, what did Mac Jones like? He he put it like right on. Johnny Smith's back shoulder where nobody else could get it. And like that kind of accuracy does it again. You've seen it in the preseason games. The first game against uh, the Christian Wilkerson pass in the seam, threw it behind him on purpose because that was the only place that he could catch it and the defense couldn't get to it. Yep. He did it, you know, the the next week to Gunnar Olshevsky a couple times on some in cuts. Like the, it, his accuracy is just, you know, unbelievable. And I, I just think, I just think that, yes, Bill did what he did on uh, Thursday. You know, it's easy to say, okay, well, Cam's still the starter. Cam's going to be the starter opening day. He might still be. You also have to look at that. He could have given Cam all the snaps because Cam only got, I think, four throws on that first drive. Right, yeah. Where Mac had, I think, like 10 or 12 because it was such a long drive. Like, if Bill didn't think that Cam got enough work, he could have sent Cam out there with the the first offensive line for the second 11-on-11, which is what the Giants did with Daniel Jones because he's their starter. But he didn't do that. He put Mac out there. To me, that says that this is still a competition, or at least he's telling Mac, you know, you did a good job the past couple days. We haven't forgot about what you did. But I still think, and I think you and I have talked about it, that now they have gone behind closed doors. Today's the first practice that we are not allowed. They're behind closed doors until the season opener. I don't think that Bill Belichick has made a decision uh yet. I don't think he's going to really move the team in that direction until after the Giants game. But I don't I think anything can happen in these two weeks where they're behind closed doors. It could be, it could be Cam. It could be Mac. I just think Bill positioned it to somewhat on purpose to where we don't know what they're gonna do. Right. Yeah. And I agree
1: with you. And to go back to the accuracy, there's the old adage of, oh, yeah, kid. Sure. You could throw open college football players. And yep. but there's a difference between college open and NFL open. And can you fit it in those tight windows in what we've seen from Mac? Absolutely. I mean, the, the the one Eagles play that stands out to me is when he got rushed. And again, he showed the ability to manipulate mm-hmm. the pocket. He kind of steps up and he's even kind of backing up into the throw. I think he's almost on one leg and he zips it, and he zips it, I think, you know, 10, 15 yards downfield to Gunner, and there's two eagles, and he's able to yep. zip in between the two eagles while he's, while he's you know, stepping back and has pressure on him. He zips it to Gunner and hits Gunner right in the numbers and gives him an opportunity to gain a couple of more yards. That's a play, as much as, you know, I, I appreciate Cam Newton and what he's done with the locker room and how he's handled things, and I thought he looked... Pretty damn good, all things considered, against Philadelphia. That's a play Cam can't make. That's that kind of play when you go, that's the difference. Right there, what you saw. Ability to evade pressure, backpedal a little bit, almost off one leg, be able to zip it with accuracy between two defenders and hit your guy in the numbers so he can make a play. That's just, you know, Cam probably tucks and runs in that on on that play and, and gains five yards if he's lucky. So, you know, that's the difference. Uh, Let's just go quick answer here. Three more questions uh, about the the quarterbacks right now. Right now, if you're Bill Belichick, Greg, what do you think he's thinking as far as QB one? He hasn't, you know, just decided who's going to get the shot. But right now, who do you think he has in the lead?
0: If I'm I'm Bill Belichick, like projecting what Bill Belichick is doing. Not what 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 I would do if I was Bill Belichick. Yeah. I think that I think that he goes with Cam to start the season and I think he just he wants to shorten max season for whatever reason I do think that there are health concerns I think the left knee is an issue that will probably need to be addressed after the season. Yeah. Um I don't know what's going on there it's just the way I've seen him acting, it looks like he's got like loose bodies or something is going on in there. Um, that he could play with and he's he's a tough son of a gun and he's gonna play. And so I don't think that's an issue. But I think that Bill Belichick right now is thinks we're a run-based team, we're gonna run win with our defense. Uh Cam's been the starter, he's the vet. I'm gonna go with the vet for now. But I feel really good about Mac Jones and I'm ready to put him in whenever I can.
1: So, was this ever a quarterback battle? Or do you think Bill, in his head, said, Cam's going to start week one? That's what it's going to be. We're going to challenge the rookie as much as we can.
0: But I pretty much know the end of this story. I do think it was a quarterback competition. And, uh, you know, I say that because if it wasn't, if Mac Jones, you know, didn't keep up his end of the bargain, then. They would just redshirt them this year, and I yeah. don't think that they're going to do that. I think yeah. that, I think that like you know the argument that I keep making is, and and I don't know if I'm not making the point clearly enough because people don't understand it, but what I the week one opening day starter doesn't mean anything. It doesn't if you have two guys who are really close, and you have one guy who's a vet who's been in the league like twelve years and has been in the system for two years, and the other kid is a rookie first round pick. Who has only been here for a couple of months? Um, you know, it, it, they could easily just make it just say we're redshirting Mac. It's Cam's team. We're not only putting Mac in if there's an emergency. And actually, you know, we're going with Brian Hoyer as the backup, and Mac's not going to dress. Like that would mean there there wasn't a quarterback competition. There was a quarterback competition because in week, if it's week six or seven or eight, what have you. And the in and, and Bill and Josh McDaniels look at it and they say, you know what? Cam hasn't progressed as much as we thought. The offense is the passing offense is limited. We can't win like this. We need to go to Mac. Then that means that Mac Jones won the quarterback competition week one, week six. It doesn't matter. Week one is an arbitrary, made up deadline. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. And I don't know why people keep misconstruing this, but uh, if. I think I think Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback to finish the season for the Patriots, and in my mind, that that's all that matters. And that shows you that it is a comp; it has been a competition because Mac had to win that. He had yeah. to win that trust, and I think he's done that.
1: Yeah, and they say in the NBA, it's not who starts the game; it's who finishes. You hear that yep. all the time, and you could say that about the football season. One last one for you: you know, you were one of the first guys, if not the first guy, watching Mac in mandatory minicamp and the control at the line of scrimmage. And I always remember you saying he calls out the mic. He makes an adjustment with the protection. And, you know, he he looked, I believe it was at Kendrick Bourne or Aguilar, and they kind of had this, yes, this is what we're going to do, and the ball was out quick. So going from that very first time when you wrote about that, Greg, to where we are right now on August 27, 2021, did Mac end up exceeding your expectations
0: over the last few weeks? Absolutely. Mac has exceeded my expectations. I mean, you know, I did say after the first practice that he was going to be the starter sooner rather than later, but uh, you know, on field, his physical abilities, the the ability to manipulate the pocket, like you talked about has been better than I thought it was going to be. His accuracy has been better than I thought it was going to be, you know, and, and, but here's the other thing. I don't even think they've really gotten into what the sweet spot is going to be for Mac Jones. And that's, his abilities at the line. That's why, you know, I disagree with some people who make the point, well, you need to have the starter named and he needs all the reps. They really haven't gone very far in practices. And aside from identifying the mic and maybe a few small changes, they haven't advanced very far in this. I think that the offense that they are starting with the year, you know, Nick, we've always talked in years past about how we the Patriots defense goes pretty vanilla, and then they build and build and build to the end of the year, and we never had to worry about it because it was Tom Brady as the quarterback. They were already they were always going to be advanced, and Tom was going to be Tom. Uh, I think we're in that situation now with the offense. I think that that they're going to start very basic, and they're going to start to layer on, and I think that's part of the where Cam and Mac or Mac can differentiate himself from from Cam, and he might get the job earlier than we think. Uh, because I do think they're going to start layering that stuff because that's the whole key to this offense. You need a quarterback that can read the defense, pre-snap, make the adjustments so that the the offense gets into a good play.
1: All right, I want to get to some rapid-fire questions. We also have the member question of the day. But first, I want to get Bedard's thoughts on Cuban rounds. I mean, just unbelievable, unbelievable. We're talking cigars.
0: Yeah, and I've gotten a ton of pictures from people, our listeners, our members that are that have bought some Cuban rounds that are smoking them like, you know, it's it's great stuff. I mean, these are these are handcrafted, they're all natural, they're affordably priced, Havana inspired, you know, Nick, I've been telling you. I take them out, I'll I'll smoke them on the golf course, I'll smoke them on the porch like I the thing I really enjoy about these, first of all, they 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 look and feel like luxury cigars. And and I have smoked those in the past. These are in the same ballpark. They're much more affordable. And the thing that I love about them is that, you know, sometimes you'll have a cigar and it's just like, oh man, like everything's like too heavy. It like dominates everything. Like right. your taste, your smell, your clothes, everything like these Cuban rounds, like they're just, it's almost like a really good, like sort of, light beer that's like really well crafted in that you could just you smoke it it's not a big deal it doesn't dominate you it doesn't affect you for the rest of the day it just it's a really good product in your hand when you want to celebrate something or you just want to sit back and say you know what i did a good job today and uh mac jones has probably smoked a lot of cuban <laughs> rounds because he had a really after every camp practice uh but so, so make you make sure you sh- sh- check out our sponsor, Cuban Rounds. And if everybody could do me a favor, because uh, these are really good guys, a really good company. If you could go to their Instagram, whatever you use for social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, go to at Cuban Round Cigars, give them a follow. Like they're trying to get the, the word out there. That's part of the reason why they've sponsored us. And it would be a big help if if people get out there, support them, follow them, and uh, and thank them for sponsoring podcasts because they've been Cuban a big
1: Cuban rounds. Excellent stuff. All right. Rapid fire. We got to go less than a minute on each. of What's the latest with uh, Stefan Gilmore? Are you concerned yet?
0: Uh, I am mildly concerned. I just I think that the two camps are in two different places. I think uh, Stefan wants to get paid. Uh, he wants to get paid to show up. And the Patriots want to pay are open to paying him after he shows up and proves that he's beyond his leg surgery. And he's a number one corner. If he wants to be paid as a number one corner, I I don't blame the Patriots. I can't really just say, Oh, okay, Stefan, you had major leg surgery last year. We're just going to pay you as a number one corner, even though we haven't seen you on the practice field yet. So uh, I think, I think they're in a game of chicken at this point, but it's, you know, it's, it's got to come to some sort of resolution by Tuesday because either they leave him on pup and then he's not eligible to start practicing until after week six or he comes off and he gets ready. I mean, I think, I think both sides are reasonable. I think the Stefan should uh, give them an offer of good faith by showing up, come whenever they report after the Giants game Tuesday or Wednesday to work report to work, be on the field, show themselves and then they come to some sort of contract agreement for the season opener. Sean Way trade, do you like it? I like it in that it uh, it ups the talent level in the defensive backfield. I I just don't know where he plays. I think that's yeah. part of his issue. I think that's part of the reason why he, quote unquote, fell in the draft to the 5th round. I mean, you're talking about a guy and I don't think people should make the mistake of, "Oh, well, this guy, you know, they got him. Now he's going to be the cornerback if Gilmore's not ready. You're talking about a fifth round pick who didn't make the Ravens. Yes, the Ravens are stacked in the defensive backfield, but, and this kid has played well. But at Ohio State, he was a star for two years in, at slot cornerback. Yep. They moved him outside his final year, and he was like the worst cornerback in Division One. I mean, in, in terms of the production he gave up. So I think, and I think NFL people that I talked to, they're not sure. They think maybe his long-term position because he's almost six one. He's a big guy. He tackles tackles excellent. He could be a free safety, which you know Devin McCourty's not getting any younger, so that gives you options down the road. So I don't know where he fits. I just know that he ups the talent level of the defensive backfield, which has kind of slipped in recent years due to the draft.
1: Sony Michelle traded to L.A. We know Damian Harris is the number one back. What's the rest of that running back depth chart look like? How would you slot each guy after Harris?
0: That's a great question. I I, I, I guess it would have to be Stevenson right after. I mean, I do think that Harris is going to be the bell cow back. Normally, the way they do things is the starting back, you know, if there's a disparity. Like, it, it was different when it was Harris and Michelle because they were a little bit closer. But when there's a disparity, I think it's, it's two series for the starter, one series for the backup. I mean, it has to be Stevenson. The only other one that I see is a legitimate backup would be Brandon Bolden, but and he, I love Brandon Bolden. I think he's effective. He could be the backup, you know, bill with veterans, uh, especially the first couple of games, he could get sort of the Mac Jones treatment where it's Bolden because he's the veteran gets the, at least the first couple of the games and, and Stevenson has to prove himself in practice. But I think, you know, JJ Tar- Taylor is a big, Beneficiary of this trade. Yep. Uh, I did not like having to keep six running backs on my 53-man <laughs> roster, and so uh, that, that this trade solved that. I thought it was a win-win for both sides. I think Sony will do really well there. I actually drafted him for my son uh, for his fantasy league because I had to oh. do his draft the other day. Uh, but so we'll see. Yeah, I'm pissed I didn't draft Damian Harris in my fantasy draft. Now, oh boy. Uh,
1: we know Nelson Aguilar is paid like the number one receiver on this team. But is Jacoby Myers the
0: actual number one receiver on this team? Right now, yes, unequivocally. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, the only thing that he's shown uh, in training camp so far is that uh, he likes to exit practices um, with injuries in the middle. It seems like every other practice or every practice, he's leaving with something or limited in some sort of way. Uh, It's been disappointing because I think he's he's good. I think he's going to be good this year. And, you know, knowing Belichick with a lot of these guys, what's been going on and includes Gilmore and how Bill loves us in the media, Bill was probably like, I don't really care what we do in camp until we close the door and we have two weeks now. And so, you know, just get everybody healthy for that. And then we'll go, you know, once those idiots in the media are gone and they can't report on what we're doing. And so I think that I'm I'm hopeful that Aguilar is fine. I think he's had a pretty good camp. I think Bourne's had a good camp. Uh, You know, when they've been out there and, uh, you know, we haven't seen much of Aguilar, but uh, and I've been disappointed in his game production. It's been like nil when he's been out there, but I think he's going to be a good player for this
1: team. I think Kendrick Bourne is going to be sneaky productive for this team as well. Uh, the BostonSportsJournal.com mm-hmm. member question of the day. Check them out over at BSJ. 3999 is the annual plan. You get all sorts of great intel and breakdowns of all the Boston Pro Sports teams, of course. And also Patriot stuff from He breaks down coaches film, weekly chats, excellent stuff from Greg. Uh better than the alternative is the uh is who asked this question this week. <laughs> hey, Greg, a little confused. The Pat's official and hardline is that. Cam followed team protocols and got clearance to do what he did. You are saying quite the opposite, knowingly violated, i.e., first degree rule breaking. Can
0: you provide the background on that, please? The background is pretty black and white for me. And well, number one, I never believe I, i I will never believe when a team puts out a statement like ever. You know, I mean, they all have their own reasons for doing things. They can't be disproven. I mean, I'm at least going to be doubtful about it and then go from there. But secondly, look, when you are an unvaccinated player and look here, here's, here's where there could have been quote unquote, a misunderstanding of the rules that can't go this medical thing. And I'm going to see my kids This good and uh, maybe checked with somebody their doctors and their doctors is like yeah if you get tested here here and here we'll be good to go and then they heard from the nfl no that's not kosher and they were like oh well we screwed up um that's possible i just don't believe it and in the patriots i could tell you nick there are people that have interactions with the patriots during the course of the week that Uh, They are so in tune to what, what the rules are, the precise rules that like, you know, if, if you haven't been tested, so basically you're tested weekly if you're around the team and, and if, if you lapse, if your tests, if there's any lapse, like you're barred from the building and like Patriots people will be calling you and be like, look, you can't go in the building. If you, you haven't been, you, you have to get tested in the next Three hours, or you can't be allowed in the building. They know what's going on, they know yeah. the rules. And when you're an unvaccinated player, and this is where I put it all on cam, it's your responsibility to know what the rules are. You left. Everybody knew when the rules came out, they were basically like, Oh crap, man, when these guys are on a bye week, the unvaccinated guys can't leave because they're gonna have to re-enter. They can't do the testing unless you're in, in a quote unquote NFL city where you can go and do the the testing with the company that does the testing for the NFL. You know, you're the bio reference, you're screwed. And we all knew this. And Cam left, knowingly left the team, and he knew this was a possibility. So I think the team is completely covering Cam's ass, which they do. They take a bullet for any any veteran players who do the right things and say the right things. They're going to have your – you had their back. They're going to have your back. And I think that's exactly what went on here. Cam had to sit out for five days. It's nobody else's responsibility but Cam, period. End of story as far as I'm concerned.
1: His name is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by Cuban Rounds, a handcrafted, all-natural, and affordably priced cigar that is Havana-inspired. There it is. Greg, if you're seeing the uh, video portion of, of this podcast, Greg showing you the Cuban Rounds right now. Uh, Sunday night, we've got the Giants. We've got the Patriots last preseason game, and then we're talking real actual football that counts. Uh, We'll be back early next week to talk about that game and also look forward. Until then, everybody, have a great weekend and be safe.